Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. And welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport, where it's my pleasure to be on the sun-kissed island of Barbados for the start of England's tour of the West Indies, which you can follow exclusively live across both Talk Sport and Talk Sport 2. I'm John Norman, and for the next two months, alongside members of the Talk Sport team, we'll bring you a daily cricket podcast from across the Caribbean. With three tests, five ODIs and three T20s, it promises to be a wonderful couple of months out here with England keen to build on their successes in Sri Lanka. Here's uh, Jack Leach to bowl to uh, push back Amara. And is that it? Is that it? Is he chipped it straight back or is it a bump ball? The umpires are coming together to talk. We're about to see the signal made and you're about to hear the word out. The news from Palakali is that Joe Root's team have beaten Sri Lanka. On today's show, you will hear from England opening batsman Keaton Jennings. Look, I said it before, the first test in Sri Lanka, regardless what happens over the next week, you're going to be judged come day one of the first test match. So you can feel a million bucks in the nets, um, you walk out in the middle and it could be a completely different issue. Um, I felt in good touch for a period of time um, and you, you just got to make sure when you go out there you take nothing for granted and, and, and you try and sort of score as many runs as you can. Three huge test matches for Jennings to come. Can he build on that century in Gaul or will his place come under scrutiny as the tour progresses? You will also hear from England fast bowler Ollie Stone. It was good. It was a bit different to Sri Lanka. It's less less humid and, yeah, it's a, it's a nicer heat, I'd say. Um, so, no, the boys have had a good little run around today and um, seem in a good place. While the odds are Stone will be carrying the drinks, he only needs to look at how fortunes change for Ben Folks in Sri Lanka to know his chance could just be around the corner. Plenty to discuss today. It will be great to introduce a new face and member of the Talk Sport team. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from England's Tour of the Caribbean. You're listening to Following On. And I'm absolutely delighted to say that uh, not only am I standing uh, in uh, Barbados, a beautiful Caribbean sun, uh, just uh, with a little bit of cloud cover, thankfully, because it was blazing hot yesterday, blazing today, um, but uh, just a little bit of respite as we approach one o'clock in the afternoon here in Barbados. But I'm also equally delighted to say that Barry Wilkinson is alongside me. Barry, who is going to be part of uh, TalkSport 2 and TalkSport's commentary throughout the first test match and, of course, through the ODIs as well. Uh, Barry, uh, 
welcome to TalkSport. Thanks for being part of uh, the show with us. And I tell you what, you know, I've only been in Barbados for a couple of days, but if you live on this island, you must just permanently walk around with a smile on your face, as big as the one you've got on you now. <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, welcome to Barbados, but you, you got it right. Yeah, look, I mean, the weather has been excellent. Um, last year we were, we were spared any hurricanes, and uh, since then we've had lovely sunshine. I'm just hoping that that's going to continue for the test match because it promises to be a very exciting series. Well, it does promise to be an exciting series. We're fortunate enough, we've just been in Sri Lanka, uh, where England did very, very well. Uh, and it means that they come to the, to the Caribbean confident. But, you know, England have only won one test series in this part of the world. Uh, and that happened nearly 15, 15 years ago or so. The West Indies side, we know, isn't where it was or where it would like to be. Um, but there's going to be plenty of interesting battles out on the field. We're a week out from the first test match. The England fans listening to this podcast know where England are at. Give them an idea of where West Indies find themselves. Well, the West Indies just had 100 days on the road in some very uh, rough conditions in India and Bangladesh. They're not really uh, accustomed to being so prevalent in those parts of the world. They lost the Test Series in India. They lost the Test Series even worse, I would say, in Bangladesh, where they beat Bangladesh earlier in the year in the West Indies. So that would have been a, a very big disappointment. But I think conditions would have played a massive role in why the West Indies lost in Bangladesh. So 100 days on the road coming from... Uh, a 1-0 against Sri Lanka and a 2-0 victory against Bangladesh to lose against India and Bangladesh means now that they have to come back home and prove to the Caribbean that look we are worthy when we are playing at home at least even if we are not uh, touring very well. So I think that they're playing with a point to prove. They have to show some redemption to the fans who have been loyal with them um, against some very tough times and them being very inconsistent. So if you ask me to sum up the series, I would say uh, Bob Marley's redemption song. I tell you what, there's going to be an exodus of England fans turning up uh, from England as well. You talk about playing at home and of course for a lot of players uh, in the Caribbean, it's not always at home, is it? Not, not technically, but in Barbados, it is because there are so many Barbados players in and around the West Indies squad. I mean, what is it about this island? And we stand here, you join us, you're listening to us from the 3W Stadium. I mean, you know, Barbados has conjured up some of the true great cricketers. Um, this stadium is named after three of the very best, three knights of the realm, three of the best batsmen West Indies ever uh, produced, Worrell, Weeks um, and Walcott's. You know, sobers. I mean, the, the, the amount of Barbadian cricketers that have come from this island, it's incredible. What is it about this place that conjures up so many truly iconic and brilliant cricketers? I think the history of uh, Barbados's cricket, it was always said when Barbados's cricket is strong, West Indies cricket is strong. That has not necessarily been true to form recently. But when we go back and look at the history, you look at the, the legends of Sigari Sobers, how great all rounder he was and where he performed well. Performed well in England, performed well in Australia. So uh, Joe Garner performed well in Australia, performed well again in England. They, they built a very strong name for this island and the West Indies uh, by not just doing well here, but doing well overseas. I mean, I remember when I was in India for the 2016 World Cup and I was taking a taxi and the, the taxi driver asked me where I'm from. And I told him Barbados, he was clueless. And then I said to him, do you know Rihanna? He didn't even know Rihanna, the most, perhaps one of the most popular entertainers in the world. But then I said, Sagari Sobers. And then he was, oh, that's where you're from. So, you know, 
in India, for example, they might not even know Rihanna, but they know the name Sir Gary Sobers because his name is such rich cricketing history uh, that the, the biggest uh, place that you can play cricket in India, they know Sir Gary, they know Sir Wes Hall, they know the three W's. Cricket has done a lot for this island, and I think that's why the tradition is very rich here because of the cricketers that have uh, sowed the seas from the past 50s, 60s and 70s and beyond. Well, what a wonderful series this is going to be. Uh, it does start in Barbados, a four-day warm-up game, split into two matches, actually. It's two times two, but that's too confusing. We've got four days of cricket here at the three Ws. Four days for three Ws, um, and then the test match starting next week. England's um, come into this series with real confidence, and one of the players that certainly got... A welcome boost in Sri Lanka was Keaton Jennings scoring a century in Gaul just to silence the critics momentarily um, and he spoke to Andrew McKenna. Keaton, good to see you again after uh, Sri Lanka. First things first, um, can we deal with um, the haircut? Obviously, <laughs> you, you, uh, you put yourself out there for charity. Mm. How much money did you make? Uh, I've got five, uh, just over five grand at the moment. Um, very generous donation by quite a few of the guys, especially Stokesy. So, look, I mean, it's, it's been a really humbling experience to, uh, I suppose, in a way, um, put yourself in a sort of um, uncomfortable position um, and, and, and then to have people sort of support you as well. So, look... Uh, the reasoning behind it was um, was my auntie's going through chemo at the moment, so for the next sort of two months I'll keep my head shaved and sort of be with her and support her through what is generally quite a difficult time. Um, so look, I mean, it's it's been quite an interesting um, couple of weeks. You kind of shave your head, you walk around sort of Manchester freezing cold, and you've got a beanie on your head, and it's 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 a very different experience. But nice, no, it's been really humbling. You mentioned the boys had, have donated. Mm. Did you know about that? Or was the first say when Ben put that, well, I'll whack on 20, <laughs> uh, I'll whack on 50%, was that a complete surprise? Yeah, look, it was. I mean, my, a couple of my mates sort of texted me and said, oh, I hope you sting Stokes here. I hope, hope you nail him right. I'm thinking, like, what's he done? So I went on Twitter and nothing came through. And I thought, well, I have no idea what's going on yet. Next thing somebody sent me the tweet. So, look, it was out of the blue. Um, and I suppose from my point of view, it sums up what, what Ben is about. He's one of the most sort of family-orientated, um, sort of caring blokes that's around. He, he takes care of his mates, takes care, care of his family, and, and he really supports people that are in his sort of circle. So, look, uh, really big thank you to him. You say you're going to keep it going. Is that a little dangerous, though, out here? Bear in mind what happened to Chris Lewis all those years ago. I mean, he, he got himself into a few problems. So, not concerned by that? Uh, a little bit concerned. Um, but, look, I mean, at the same stage, you, you take precautions. Uh, I, I do come from a sort of long sort of family history of cancer. Um, so, look, I mean, if it earns another couple of hundred quid, another grand or two, that would be absolutely fantastic. And, I mean, it, it raises awareness for people that are living with the disease. And, I mean... Uh, the chances are somebody in the family will, will sort of get struck with it. So, look, if, if it makes a difference, I'm happy sort of taking the precautions and taking the risk. Onto the cricket. You've had your second net today. How did it feel? Yeah, good. Uh, surfaces were interesting at times, but, look, that's that's what you have to deal with. You have to make sure you adapt pretty quickly. Um, I thought in Sri Lanka we did that pretty well. Um, and and Ruti sort of echoed that today. We've got to make sure we adapt to conditions, whatever they are, from a practice surface to out in the middle tomorrow to the first test match. And you arrive on day one, whatever we do, battle ball, we need to make sure we adapt to those conditions and, and really sort of um, make sure our skills are in, in sort of rhythm with that. The first ball that you faced out in the middle yesterday came right out the middle through extra cover off the back foot. Do you feel like you're in touch already? <laughs> Look, I said it before the first test in Sri Lanka, regardless what happens over the next week, you're going to be judged come day one of the first test match. So you can feel a million bucks in the nets, um, you walk out in the middle and it could be a completely different issue. Um, I felt in good touch for a period of time um, and you, you just got to make sure when you go out there you take nothing for granted and, and, and you try and sort of score as many runs as you can. 230 odd runs in Sri Lanka at over 40, was that 
a good return for you? Are you happy with that? And, and what are you looking for this time around? Uh, look, I'm, I'm not a guy to, to set goals. Um, I've always been a guy to push myself as hard as I can and get as many as I can. Um, a 3-0 win would be absolutely fantastic. The feeling leaving Colombo after winning the series 3-0 was absolutely fantastic. So from a team point of view, I'd, I'd absolutely love that. In Sri Lanka, you spent a lot of time close to the wicket at short leg and took some ridiculous catches. Um, I watched the practice session you did with Paul yesterday. You were taking more ridiculous catches. <laughs> you, you seem to have developed a bit of a knack for this. Yeah, probably a little bit stu- stupidly as well. Um, but look, uh, I mean, I've always said you, you, you want to try and make a difference, whether you at first slip with your deep square, short leg, wherever you are, you've got the bat in your hand or ball. Um, you want to try and make a difference. So if short leg's my position, I'd love to try and sort of make another couple of good catches and, and really try and sort of make that difference in there. Um, as a test team, as a team where we're going, the guys generally are putting their hands up to, to be the man to, to make the difference for the team. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz in the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Keaton Jennings speaking with Andrew McKenna there. Big series for him. Uh, Barry Wilkinson still with me. Um, I was reading Sean Barry's piece in, in the uh, Daily Telegraph. Um, and England do have frailties at the top of the order. Yes, Jennings scored century uh, in uh, the first Test match, but then poor returns in the second two. Rory Burns uh, alongside him, very new to Test cricket. West Indies don't possess the bowling strength and depth that they used to. But in Kemar Roach and Shannon Gabriel, they have two fast bowlers, two new ball bowlers, um, that if fit and firing, and they haven't been worked to death, they can pose real problems. And they stand shoulder to shoulder with some of the some of the very good bowlers that have been produced in this region over the last 50 years. Yeah, in fact, uh, when I saw Crick Info's um, Test Cricket Team of the Year, they included Jason Holder and, uh, and Shannon Gabriel. I was a bit surprised from the perspective of Shannon. While he has done well, uh, there have been bowlers who have been better. But when you look at perhaps his strike rate, when you look at how he's been so impactful in 2017, um, you would have to say that he's been the most improved fast bowler that the world has produced in, in the last... Uh, 
18 months. Um, Kimar Roach is on his second turning because we thought that we would not have seen him play at this level again. But he is shown with commitment, with determination. He's had to work a lot on his fitness. He got into a terrible car accident just above us. He had to fight the demons of that. Um, he has come back with a bang and has come back with uh, a good support to Shannon Gabriel and to the West Indies. So, yeah, they do have two good fast bowlers. And the thing is that they must try and exploit the conditions here in the West Indies. Against Sri Lanka, the pitches were green tops. Against Bangladesh, they were also the same. And they did so well. Um, they bowled, at, I think, Bangladesh for 43 or 44 in one test match. They were on song. So I think if the conditions are right, they could be a handful for England, who's top order since Alistair Cook has gone, even when he was there, has been a bit shaky. And looking at the England team as well, outside of the top order, uh, how do you assess the strengths as well as the weaknesses? I think the meat is in Joe Root. Um, I think that um, when you look at Johnny Bairstow, he's been pretty consistent and, and doing well. Um, the, uh, the, around, uh, the around nature of Ben Stokes was inconsistent last year, but I think that had a lot to do with more off-the-field instances than, than on the field. He might have perhaps not been mentally, um, you know, towards looking towards what his game should be, where his game should be at. I've been very impressed, to tell the truth, with Joss Butler. I mean, Joss Butler looks to me like a Caribbean cricketer. He, he doesn't play the, t the, t the typical English game. He's always uh, looking to score four balls, get fours off of balls. He's, he's um, very agile. And he, to me, is someone that I like to sit down and watch. It's like, I don't mind watching a Butler century if the West Indians will win because he's that kind of attractive player. But Joe Root is, is as good as, as they get. And I think if Root, uh, Bearstow, Stokes and Butler uh, I think that's the meat of the batting. One of them must score a century for England to pile up something big. i tell you what, uh, I'm not sure it's going to happen, maybe you can tell, but uh, one of the defining images from the last time England were in these parts was the, uh, the, the Marlon Samuel send-off to Ben Stokes, the salute, uh, holding the, the flat, the wide-rimmed uh, hat to his chest, the salute, not a word has left his lips as Stokes walked from the field, plenty of words left his lips um, are we going to see Marlon Samuels back in, in and around this West Indies side tests ODIs he's led a checkered uh, time of it um, throughout his career but he's box office he might, he might rub people up the wrong way not just Ben Stokes but uh, are we going to see that rivalry reunited here at some point in the next couple of months yeah I remember that started in uh, Grenada and at the end of the play they asked uh, Sir Curly Ambrose who was the bowling coach what they, what he thought it was all about and he said perhaps uh, he just respected Ben Stokes <laughs> I thought that was quite funny <laughs> but no but seriously I don't think we'll see um, Marlon in the test at all um, we might see him in the T20s and possibly the ODIs, but I don't think we'll see him in the test. If you look at this test team, the test team has uh, indeed um, been settled with um, very young players who have been somewhat, uh, has somewhat accomplished a lot at the first class level and even in individually in their own right at the test level. I mean, you look at Shea Hope, uh, Darren Bravo is likely to be back. Um, Shimron Hetmeyer has set the world on fire with some eye-catching innings. So that middle order, I think, is pretty settled. Roston Chase has been more consistent coming out at the end of the year than he has been early in the season. I don't see a place for Marlon Samuels, to be quite honest. And uh, even Craig Braffitt, who has struggled in the last 10 tests, He'll even start, even though he has uh, only scored about, I think, 86 runs in the last 10 innings. Uh, he'll start. So I don't think we'll see Marlon with that uh, salute at all in the test. Perhaps the one days, perhaps the, the T20s, but not the five-day game. 
Well, we might not see Marlon Samuels, but you never know because uh, the way that fate works in and around the England team, certainly Sri Lanka was born out, injury to Johnny Bairstow at the start of the series. Ben Folkes flown into the side and um, now Ben Folkes is uh, the number one wicketkeeper. So you never know. And that's probably something that Ollie Stone will bear in mind. Part of the England setup, fast bowler, um, not expected to start in Barbados, uh, but he caught up with Andrew McKenna. So this is the first day of proper training for England. Two two-day games coming up as well ahead of the first test. How are you feeling? How you, what's the conditions like? You know, how, did, how did that first session go? It was good. It was a bit different to Sri Lanka. It's less less humid and yeah, it's a, it's a nicer heat, I'd say. Um, so no, the boys have had a good little run around today and um, seem in a good place. Sri Lanka, obviously you were there and we saw you. You really put the effort in, but if we're honest, those pitches were hard work. I mean, it was like trying to trampoline on a rice pudding at times. I know the pitches in the West Indies aren't seen as being as quick as they used to be, but they've got to be quicker and bouncier than Sri Lanka, haven't they? I guess so, yeah. Like you say, I haven't, I haven't uh, yeah, seen a lot of it, and there's been a, yeah, talks of it takes maybe a bit more spin over the last uh, few years, but like I say, a different ball and hopefully yeah, a bit more in it than, than Sri Lanka. Do you feel a better player, a different player, um, than, say, compared to when you went to Sri Lanka? I guess, yeah, the... The uh, yeah four weeks of the the test cricket in there, and then obviously the one day stuff as well. You learn you learn a lot from from the senior players, and yeah, I guess it's hard to, to come away without improvement. So I guess yeah, my mental game has, has become better, and just yeah, my skills have, have topped up as well. And on the mental side of things, it's got to be good coming out here, knowing that you've got the new contract from Warwickshire all sorted out. You know, players like security; they like to know where they are. Yeah, it was nice. Um, been trying to sort it out uh, for the last few months, so to get that to get that sorted um, uh, before Ash went was was good, and I'm just grateful that they've given me the opportunity to stay on at such a good club. Disappointed that Ash has gone. Obviously, you've been working with him. Yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, obviously, it's a great great job that he's coming to here, and I'm sure he'll do a, a good job as well. And yeah, just wish him the best. Ollie Stone with Andrew McKenna there. So um, Barry Wilkinson's still with me as we uh, come towards the end of the show. And just for those listeners back home who may not understand the significance of the three Ws, I referred to it earlier. Um, and for those listening back home, this ground connected to the university. The university plays its uh, its cricket here. It's got one major stand just behind us. Um, it's uh, a pastel green with uh, yellow seating, just the, the one balcony overlooking the, the pitch. To the left, of a very small uh, compact and beige press centre, which uh, looks very pleasant indeed. Some steps going up to what looks like residential housing, just uh, across a far green bank to the side of us. And that uh, huge wicket just on the horizon, that's what many people associate with this ground. But the three W stands for Weeks, Worrell and Walcott. Um, a bludgeoning batsman a, a beautiful batsman and a dominating batsman three batsmen who played um, at the start really of West Indies test career not, not quite at the start but certainly towards the end of the 40s to the start of the 60s a transition time for West Indies cricket uh, Worrell the first black man to captain the West Indies before then they thought black men couldn't captain right. cricket size as, as, uh, so he put that notion uh, firmly to rest um, and is actually buried here 
I, I believe, Frank Worrell. Tell us a little bit about the significance of those three cricketers to this country and to cricket in a, in a wider sense. Those three cricketers, the three W's, are icons uh, in Barbados. Um, the name in itself, the three W's, is even known and cherished by those who don't even like cricket. Uh, it's such, they're so revered that uh, the, the three W's have uh, the name of this oval. Of course, this is the University of the West Indies ground, so this is the, the campus of the Kefil campus. This was uh, perhaps the pioneer and the brainchild of Sir Hilary Beckles. Um, Sir Hilary is one of the most uh, noted professors in the Caribbean, and he's also a, a brilliant cricket mind. He's written several cricket books, and he created this 3Ws oval. And when you look around the ground, uh, there's things that tell you that this is a cricketing ground. You look at the, the steps where the England players are uh, walking, that's actually the, the walk of fame, the hall of fame. You, you look at the uh, inscriptions, uh, there are particular records that have been scored by West Indies cricketers. Uh, just on the top of this hill, they have three busts of the gentlemen that we're talking about, World Weeks and Walcott. And we might be very fortunate to see Sir Everton Weeks. Mm. He's, he's 92, but he does not miss a crack a cricket match at, at Kensington Oval, so perhaps we'll see him. And he's still driving, so he's still, you know, living the life and doing quite well. Um, they're, like I said, they're cherished legends. Um, it was a pity that, uh, you know, as, um, Walcott did not live, perhaps, uh, as, as long as many would have hoped in terms of playing playing cricket and Wirral also would have died a bit earlier than many would have expected I mean when you look at how treasured a man he was uh, I think he would have imparted a lot of confidence in this team that needs it a young team that would need that kind of inspiration and that kind of confidence so it was very for unfortunate that those two of the three gentlemen died but Sir Everton still does his part with the Barbados team he's always around a member of the his local association and it's, it's just great to have this ground named after them ironically the, the pavilion is called the Floyd Reefer balcony and Floyd Reefer is actually the coach of the Presence 11 team that you're going to be seeing tomorrow. Um, Floyd Reefer worked with this team called the Combined Campuses and Colleges. He was actually the coach that started cricket here at the UWI at the first class level. And Sir Hillary gave him the honor of naming the balcony after him. And he now has the honor of coaching the team. So it's quite a bit of a emotional moment for him as well. So you're standing on a piece of cricketing treasure, cricketing illustrious ground, and one that I think will go on forever. Those uh, residents that you spoke about, they are the halls of residence for students from around the Caribbean so you know they have the best view and the ground is just ideally situated it's just uh, approaching the west coast of Barbados in some prime real estate and it's it's pretty lovely ground so yeah I think all is well for 3W's Oval and the, the future of cricket here. Barry it's going to be absolutely wonderful to have you part of the TalkSport TalkSport 2 commentary team and um, go well we'll chat to you tomorrow when the first warm-up game gets underway here at the three W's, England against the President's Eleven. We will be bringing you following on shortly after the close of play with exclusive player content throughout this over the next four days and throughout the next two months. Remember, TalkSport and TalkSport 2, exclusive home of England's tour of the West Indies. This has been following on. To never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you tomorrow. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bingbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. 
Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.